what are the three levels of functional thinking? In this episode, I'm going to talk about my thinking about progress through the skills and and thought processes that go into functional programming. My name is Eric Normand, and I help people thrive with functional programming. So I just want to say that this is a work in progress. Um, it is one way of mapping out the skills and categorizing them as a progression of skills. Um, it's not the only way, and I have no um, hard evidence about this, the skills being done in this order. Um, they are mostly just anecdotal, um, noticing that people, you know, might learn a bunch of stuff and then they kind of get stuck or they're in a certain spot and they're still progressing. And so they haven't learned this other thing yet. So, you know, it's just me putting it together. Um, and it's mostly, you know, I'm not creating some model that you're, you know, people are going to have to stick to or anything. It's mostly just a way to organize the, the material that I'm putting into my book. Uh, so here are the three levels. Remember, work in progress. I'd love to discuss it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like die on this sword or anything. All right. So the first one is the awareness and and use of the distinction of actions, calculations, and data. Um, so actions are things that depend on time. They depend on when they're run or how many times they're run. These are they have effects on the world or are affected by the world. And calculations are computations from inputs to outputs. So they don't depend on time. They, if you give them the same inputs, they're going to give you the same output. And then finally, data is data is just facts about events. It's very inert. Uh, doesn't doesn't do anything on its own. It requires interpretation. So when you're in this first level, your main challenges are learning how, with actions, how to deal with the time, how to kind of manipulate time, to master it so that you can guarantee the ordering of the actions when you need it guaranteed. You can guarantee that things aren't running at the same time if they shouldn't be running at the same time and guarantee that they happen the correct number of times. Right? These are all the, the, the challenges that you face when you're dealing with actions. So calculations, um, the challenge here is to start modeling your program uh, in terms of things. It, it can be very um, difficult for people who are coming from another paradigm to not use mutable state, to um, model things more as data transformations as opposed to step-by-step uh, instructions like in an algorithm um, and so you're, you're learning to think about all the stuff that your program does that isn't really necessary 
to be done as a side effect, as an action. There are some side effects that are necessary, right? Like you want your program to send an email and it's incorrect if it doesn't send that email. Uh, so that is kind of a necessary action. But do you really need to use that global variable to as you know, scratch space for your algorithm? Probably not. Uh, so if you don't use it, like none of your users are going to be upset. It's still a correct program. So that's an unnecessary action. And we as functional programmers tend to frown upon unnecessary actions and we want to convert them into calculations. So that's the challenge is learning how to do that. Sometimes it's relearning how to program even the simplest things using calculations instead of actions. And then with the, with the data, it's about modeling. It's about making sure that your data has the right structure to be able to um, you know, do support the, the algorithms that you need to do, um, to, that it is capturing the data you need. Um, all, all that stuff comes under data modeling. So those are the, the three things you're, you're distinguishing as a functional programmer at level one. You're just learning to work with that. Okay, so you, you keep learning and you eventually get to level two, which is where you have higher order thinking. You've mastered, um, you know, doing stuff with immutable data and, and thinking of things as data transformation. And you start to realize that there's a lot of duplicated functionality. You've been using, let's say, for loops to make lists of things from other lists. And you think, well, I could be doing this with a function that I pass the function to. I'm essentially going to pass the body of the for loop as a function into map, right? So um, this is higher order thinking. You start thinking in terms of uh, pieces of algorithms that can be passed to other algorithms. And uh, that's another challenge that you come to. And, and some of the challenges, you know, you could think of like, like dragons that you have to avoid. Um, it's over abstracting. Uh, it's very easy to get carried away and have uh, unreadable code because you're using like second or third order functions and it's very difficult to see what's going on. Um, and then there's, you know, not using them enough and running the risk of um, not having a scalable piece of software, like your code does not scale. Uh, you know, you have to write the same number of lines for every feature. So like a feature takes 100 new lines of code, you need 20 features, that means you're gonna need 2,000 lines of code. Whereas if you're using higher order thinking, it should be easier to write than features each time. So fewer lines of code because you're able to um, find essential uh, abstractions that work in your domain. Um, and there's some that are kind of universal like map filter and reduce are very common, but you should be able to find some that work 
um, only in your domain that don't make sense to go in like the standard library. All right, so that's where people start thinking. This is in the number two higher order thinking. It's where people start thinking in terms of uh, functional programming is just like data transformation pipelines. I'm just doing maps and filters and maps and filters, and I have these pipelines where all this work is getting done, you know, and through the, all the the, the sequence. Um, sequence functions um, but there's another level and I've met a lot of people who kind of get comfortable at level two and that's where they stay um, there's not a lot written about level three the stuff that I've seen that's written about it is often very abstract and obtuse um, it's abstract because you know it's a it's a next level so it's gonna seem you know, out there, um, but you can get there, and I hope to f help people get there. I hope to find a path that's not too abstract that gets people there, um, and and we should be able to do this in my book. Um, this is going to be obviously later in the book, so I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, so this is level three, which is algebraic thinking. Uh, I don't even have a good definition of it, a good explanation for it. Uh, so this is one of those things where I'd love to get into discussions with people. Uh, but this is where you are focused on building models that compose nicely. Very few corner cases is what I mean by nicely. They compose well and they have, when you compose them, they have nice properties to them. And you're able to build a semantic, semantically complete system of, of interworking concepts that uh, you can, you know, you're using everything from levels one and two to build something um, cohesive and uh, uh, that operates uh, in the abstract concepts of your domain okay so like when you're talking about a data transformation pipeline you're often looking at okay I'm getting this CSV and it's got these values in it and I need to convert it to I need to change it into something I can send to this JSON API which it's slightly different format so I gotta I gotta transform it right uh, you're thinking very mechanical, very data specific. Um, what are the steps that I can go from this thing that I have to this thing that I need? Uh, it's very important to do, um, but uh, I'm talking about something like being able to build a, um, like let's say you're making a video editor. Well, now you're going to want to model how the video editor will work, you know, on the back end. Uh, what are the concepts? How do they fit together so that they create a cohesive whole, right? So if you could think of it as, uh, well, I should be able to concatenate two 
segments of video. I should be able to cut a segment of video. So now, okay, that, that means I'm going to have to model the segment. I'm going to have to model this operation of concatenating, which will give me a new segment, but it's got the two combined in it. I should be able to cut, which gives me, you know, the two segments, the before and the after segment. So um, there's, there's a, a kind of reasoning about the operations on these things and how those operations can compose together to build the functionality that you will eventually need in your app. Um, so those are my three levels. Um, like I've said several times already, these are a work in progress. Uh, let me know what you think. Is there a fourth level that I'm missing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't reached the end of my functional programming journey. Uh, so I'm probably not aware of what comes after this. Um, but I, I'm, I'm definitely myself in three and, uh, I know other people there and I know people in the other two. Uh, so I have some like anecdotal evidence that this thing makes, makes sort of sense. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I'll just recap the three levels that I'm identifying, uh, mostly just to organize my curriculum in the book so that, you know, there's a sense of progress. Um, one is the distinction between actions, calculations, and data and how to use them effectively. Uh, two is higher order thinking. And this is where you're using first class functions and where people start to talk about data transformation pipelines, things like that. And then three is algebraic thinking. This is where you're doing domain modeling at the operation level to be able to create like a cohesive domain model in functions. Um, right. So if you want to find all the old episodes, all future episodes, and this present episode, go to lispcast.com slash podcast, and there you'll find a list of all of the episodes with uh, video, audio, and text transcripts. Uh, you'll also find links to subscribe and uh, links to my social media so that we can get in touch if you want to do that. I love having discussions and I would love to have something like this um, more fleshed out uh, based on a more solid ground. Awesome. So um, my name is Eric Normand and rock on.